Hello and welcome to this episode of Macro Sutra. I'm TCA Sharad Raghavan, Deputy Editor at The Print. And this time we're going to be discussing how up till just a little while ago, for three months we saw inflation easing, things were looking better, prices were coming down. But suddenly the latest data came in in November and it seems to have again gone up quite sharply. Why is this? What is driving this inflation? Is there any solution to this mess? That's what we're going to discuss in this episode. And for that, we have with us Radhika Pandey, Associate Professor at NIPFP. Thank you so much, Radhika, for joining us. So now, Radhika, right at the outset, could you tell us a little bit about what the number was, the inflation number was in November and how different was it from what was happening in the preceding three or four months? Yeah, so if we look at the trajectory of uh, inflation measured by consumer price index, we saw that it peaked in July. July was the highest at 7.44%. And since July, we were seeing a declining trend in inflation. Mm -hmm. It came down to 6.8 in August, then it came down further to around 6, then came down further. So uh, for three months, we were seeing a declining trend in uh, CPI inflation. And in October, encouragingly, we saw uh, CPI inflation at 4.87%. Below even 5. Below even 5. Yeah. So, uh, But in November, we have again seen a resurgence in uh, uh, inflation. It has come in at 5.55%. Uh, okay. uh, and uh, if we just look at rural and urban uh, inflation, rural inflation is much higher at 5.85%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we have seen a resurgence in inflation in November. Uh, in yeah, And more so for rural regions, as compared to the urban ones. So now that you mentioned rural inflation, I guess we can jump into an audience question that has to do with the same uh, issue. So Gautam asks, uh, what is the fundamental reason behind a higher headline inflation in the rural areas than in urban areas? See, the fundamental reason is that whenever inflation is driven by food inflation, we will uh, intuitively see that rural inflation uh, surpasses urban inflation. And that has to do with the weights because we know that CPI is a... uh, CPI is a... price index of a basket of goods right. and that basket is based on consumption pattern uh, and we know that this is based on consumption expenditure survey which in where r- the rural regions give higher weight to food so mm-hmm. whenever uh, we see that uh, there is been there is a food inflation then the rural inflation tends to be higher than urban inflation right. because in rural regions uh, in, uh, the weightage given to food is much higher so whenever prices rise the overall inflation which which is a combination of the weights as well as the prices, Mm -hmm. it will be higher for rural regions. So just in terms of numbers, uh, the weight for uh, food in rural regions is above 40. It's almost 46, 47%. Of the entire basket. Of the entire basket. And in urban, it is 29%. So that explains the uh, deviation or the divergence between rural and urban inflation. So it's it's quite intuitive that because of the weights, uh, whenever food inflation rises, we always see that rural inflation uh, is more than urban inflation, and that has that is what we have been seeing for the last three months, where food inflation had been the key driver. Right, and now from what you're saying, it's clear that food inflation this time has been the driver of yes. 
of yeah. overall inflation. So yes. could you tell us a little more about those numbers? Sure. So food inflation came in at 8.7 percent. Wow. Uh, and uh, if we look at all the broad components, you know, we look at fruits, we look at vegetables, we look at spices, we look at cereals, we look at pulses. All these five broad categories of food inflation experienced double-digit uh, inflation. Okay. Wow. So uh, vegetables inflation uh, saw a growth of 17.7 percent. Pulses inflation more than 20%, cereals inflation more than 10% and uh, this time around even fruit inflation has rebounded because fruit inflation used to be somewhere around 8 to 9%. It also uh, uh, went into the double digit uh, growth territory in, uh, uh, in, in November. So it's mainly due to uh, food inflation that we are seeing that uh, uh, overall inflation has uh, rebounded, it has reversed its uh, trend of decline that we saw in the previous three months. Right. So why is this? Why is it that food inflation is remaining sticky and high? Yeah. So one reason is definitely the uh, production problem. We have seen that the uh, uncertain rainfall and the uneven mm. rainfalls uh, have caused havoc with the food production. We have seen cereals, uh, especially if you look at the first advance estimate, we saw that, you know, food output is going to be lower, the food grain output, the kharif output is going to be uh, lower uh, in this uh, cropping season as compared right. to the previous uh, year. So it is, uh, it is due to that reason and plus there are seasonal factors at play. Uh, uh, also that leads to particularly rise in vegetable prices. So we should expect a moderation in vegetable prices from January onwards even from December onwards, especially like, for example, what we saw in uh, in November, vegetable prices were primarily driven by onion uh, inflation, right. which was uh, more than 40%. Onion mm -hmm. inflation was more than 40%. Tomato prices still continue to remain elevated. Garlic prices have rebounded. So that is one reason that, you know, one is that there is... Uh, there is a pressure on production due to low soil moisture, due to uh, um, uh, uneven rainfall, due to unfavorable weather conditions, El Nino effect taking to, and that is what we saw in the agricultural uh, GVA also, that it right. moderated and yes. it's expected to moderate even further in the October-December quarter. So all these things have led to rise in food inflation and also there is a seasonal uh, factor at play and uh, that primarily impacts uh, vegetable uh, production and vegetable prices. But if you say seasonal factor, then you're comparing November of this year to November of last year. It should be the same seasonal factors that affected November last year as this year. So why is that double digit growth? No. So uh, when we compare November of 2023 with November of 2022, mm -hmm. there is a base effect at play. You know, right. seasonal factors come into play when you are talking about a single year. Okay. Because right. there are these uh, uh, seasonal spikes that happen regularly in a uh, in a year in a single year in a I single see. year so uh, a very important reason also for the resurgence in inflation in november was the unfavorable base effect Hmm. Uh, what we saw in November of 2022 was that the index number, because CPI is an index number, right. it was lower. So it was lower than October 2022. So the hmm. base is lower. And when we are uh, calculating the growth rate, where we are subtracting November 20, uh, 2022 from November 2023, then of course it, the difference will yeah. be more and therefore uh, it will show up as a higher inflation. So uh, there is, uh, when we do this year on year growth rate which is normally what we look at there is always this problem of 
unfavorable base effect playing mm-hmm. uh, in certain months and it is expected that in december it will even be more unfavorable as compared to uh, november so december inflation is going to be higher particularly due to primarily due to the base effect so that reason is there okay. so to to address this problem of base effect the other alternative way is to look at month on month growth you know yeah. what happened in november over october not comparing november with november of last year but comparing november with the previous uh, month and that's largely also what people care about they don't really yes. remember what the case was last Absolutely. year right they yeah. want to know are things going to get better are things right now better than they were last month absolutely so that gives a more timely signal yeah. it gives a more uh, uh, you can always uh, rely on these signals for effective policy responses mm-hmm. also so along with year on year change it's also uh, prudent to look at month on month change uh, but when we look at month on month change we need to Uh, remove the seasonality we need to remove right. the seasonal fluctuation that may come up in certain months and uh, may obscure the actual trends actual changes so right. to address that so we do uh, we remove seasonality there are number of seasonal adjustment uh, procedures very standard seasonal adjustment procedures and in fact in other countries if you look at the us their statistical agencies provide seasonally adjusted data here ah, we don't get our cso does not provide seasonally adjusted data but uh, if you look at the us the gdp numbers that come out they are all seasonally adjusted they are quarter on quarter growth numbers and they are seasonally adjusted right. so but it's very easy when we can do uh, ourselves also and once we adjust for seasonality what we see is what we are now looking at is the momentum in inflation mm-hmm. what is the sequential increase from october to november has it moderated as compared to from september to october or not right. and we see that it hasn't moderated in fact it has increased so there is I a, a 0.7% increase in food inflation from uh, october to november to november uh, and if we look at rural and urban separately in fact there is even more it's almost 1% increase in uh, food price index from october to november so this means that it is the food inflation which is driving and from october to november also the index numbers uh, in in a span of one month it has increased by 1% which is quite a solid growth in a span of one month because it is an index number right uh, and uh, it's mainly driven by vegetable prices where the month on month growth is 5% so it's a very high number so this is what we get you know so it's always uh, useful to look at the year on year change as well as the month on month change and in both the cases we understand that it is the food inflation which has which is the uh, driving force but year on year change is sometimes confounded by uh, the base factor the effect, so yeah. to address that it is also useful to look at the month on month change after adjusting for seasonal fluctuations right okay so now we know that food inflation is worse than is higher than it was last year and we also know that within this year food inflation has been kind of accelerating yes. prices have been going up at a faster rate are there now sankalp actually asks this question he says that now we know that the farm laws are kind of dead so what outside of the farm laws can we do to solve this problem and i would add to that question which is would cold chains help would better storage help would maybe forward contracts help where you say that you know i will buy your produce a year from now at a set price 
will that help yeah definitely all these are very important for the purposes of stabilizing prices because mm-hmm. the main problem is that there is a, the there is a sharp volatility in food prices and right. this we see every year that there are intra year sharp swings in food prices tomato prices they skyrocket and again there is a uh, sharp decline in uh, prices which affect farmers so uh, to uh, protect farmers income also and to protect their interest is always uh, useful to you know it will help it will balance the interests of consumers as well as uh, farmers otherwise what we do then is to adopt these knee jerk reaction that we are doing right now which is imposing export, export ban bans yeah. on uh, onions which is again not uh, it's not very helpful for farmers then they protest and it also doesn't uh, help our image in the international market right. uh, it also it gives a very uh, uh, unfavorable impression about uh, the production prospects and the prices and it further could encourage hoarding so it is always better to focus and to you know have more investments in agri storage in logistics in transportation in cold storage mm-hmm. uh, in ensuring that there are uh, greater there is greater interaction between the private participants and farmers so that they can enter into these uh, long term contracts for right. uh, uh, procurement so other than the fci if we allow private uh, participants also to procure from farmers it will help in uh, stabilization and it's always uh, it's necessary to uh, invest on agri infrastructure but i would add to this that this time around it's not the same problem as we saw uh, say two years back because there is always this sharp swing but this time around the problem is more about the decline in production due to unfavorable right. uh, weather conditions so farmers need to have the produce to you know enter into these contracts it's They not need... the supply chain as much as the supply itself it's supply itself yeah, yeah that is important so it's important to uh, diagnose the problem that this time around it's uh, due to a uh, decline in uh, production and output in addition to the uh, regular uh, volatility and upswings and downswings that we see in prices so that is important right uh, so sankalp has another question uh, that you also touched upon he says that in the west Uh, in the us supermarket chains uh, often have long term contracts with farmers so he's asking can something like that be implemented here where you either have private players having these long term contracts or you have government agencies having longer term contracts so i think that was the essence of the farm laws because farm mm. laws did provide uh, try to provide that kind of a framework and uh, since those are dead so outside of the farm laws whatever can be done i think we talked about this that this is one of the uh, remedy to ensure Correct. stable prices for farmers as well as for uh, consumers in addition to investment in agri infrastructure right and uh, gautam also had uh, another question now this is going drilling down from the country wide data to the states yeah. he asks why do uh, rajasthan haryana and odisha again have yeah. such high inflation and is there something that the rbi can do that can target inflation in particular states yeah so uh, before we jump into this question if we look at the november uh, state inflation data mm-hmm. which we have looked at so what we see is that tallying with this uh, question it uh, shows that now there are more number of states we see whose inflation has crossed the 5% mark right. as compared to october so in october there were 11 states where inflation was more than 5% this mm-hmm. time there are 18 states whose inflation is more than 
5%. And there are uh, more than 10 states whose inflation is above the all India uh, average. Uh, And there are some states like we spoke about last month also, Rajasthan, Odisha. These are uh, states which have this perennial problem of high inflation. Mm -hmm. But this time in November, what we have seen interestingly is that those states which were till now having quite moderate level of inflation, there has been a steep jump in inflation. So particularly Punjab and Gujarat. Gujarat's inflation was 5.25 or 5.3% in October. It's now jumped to more than 1% in in November. Same is the case. Jumped by more than 1%. Jumped by more than 1% in in a month. Same is the case with Punjab. So we have seen quite a number of states where there has been a steep jump from October to uh, November. And again, the problem has to do with food inflation. The problem has to do with unfavorable uh, uh, base effect. And in most of these states that uh, we are talking about, we are talking about Haryana, uh, especially there, uh, if we look at the data, there is a sharp divergence, sharp difference between urban and rural inflation. Rural Mm. inflation is more than 3% higher than urban inflation. Wow. So that shows the impact of food. Right. You know, because and the, the weights and their weights yeah. that, you know, when the food inflation is higher and rural population is assigning higher weights to food in their consumption basket, uh, even a slight change in uh, prices could have could amplify the impact on the overall inflation. And that is what we are seeing that out of these uh, the states that we've talked about, Rajasthan, Odisha, Haryana, Rajasthan and Haryana, rural inflation is much higher than Mm. urban inflation. The difference is quite stark and that has to do with the higher uh, food inflation. In Punjab, especially what we see is that, you know, even because it's a a producer of cereal, cereal inflation is uh, subdued, but pulses inflation is very high. It's more than 20%. So pulses is a problem and we are in the process of uh, importing uh, pulses right. uh, and also uh, what we see in the daily data because now we can also look at the Department of Consumer Affairs releases daily the, data yes. and we have this data for 11 days of December. We don't see any signs of moderation at least in pulses prices okay. and cereal prices in December. So what we expect is that food inflation is likely to remain elevated in December also, right. even so, though there are you know some signs of deceleration in uh, potato, onion, and tomato prices, but that would be more than offset by cereal and pulses uh, prices. Wow, that that's not great news. <laughs> but uh, yes, so coming uh, back to his question, is there something the RBI can do to particularly target states? So. Uh, RBI looks at the all India inflation right. only and uh, RBI's mandate is to only look at that. Uh, plus, you know, what happens in some of the other countries, the composition of the monetary policy committee is such that they also take into account the local or regional uh, problems, mm. uh, local or regional specific factors that could have impacted inflation. But that is not the case uh, in India's MPC. Maybe in the next round of uh, amendment or, you know, what could be done to further uh, streamline or strengthen the MPC, 
one right. one uh, you know one addition or one improvement could be to do something to bring about regional or local perspective that is not something mm. currently that we see if you look at the mpcs uh, uh, the monetary policy committee statements also there is never a mention of local or regional specific factors they are only right. looking at all india level they are looking at the broad categories and the drivers but not something particularly touching maybe a particular state and that is very important so i can just give you one example if you just look at northeast states you know right. uh, manipur and mizoram they are quite close but mm-hmm. if you look at their inflation in manipur inflation is il- more than 11% and in mizoram it is 3.5% and that could be because of the violence in manipur yeah so there are these various uh, factors that could have led to a spike in inflation and in uh, in states which are quite close to each other neighboring states also we see stark divergence and these are all here the local factors are at play right. in addition to the weights and other uh, you and know the price collection centers or maybe there would be uh, transportation bottlenecks and so on right so absolutely local issues are uh, very very important to look at so but on that note that's what we have inflation overall again seems to be moving up and it's driven by food inflation in november it went up by quite a lot in december it's likely again to move up quite a bit aided by a poor base effect but also because food inflation seems to still be trending upwards or at least not trending downwards uh there are a lot of things that can be done in the medium term to fix this to do with cold chains to increase storage you can try to experiment with forward contracts the farm laws had several provisions that might have helped here but they didn't come about uh but so far inflation is going to move up that's what we know so far on that note thank you so much for watching